The 100 Years' War, the de Guiscalin period, the English lose Limoges, 1371. Well, the Prince of Wales was carried back from Limoges in his litter, followed by his entire army. In the first week of October 1370, he arrived at the small town of Cognac, where he disbanded his Gascon troops. The campaign had sapped what remained of his physical strength. It was apparent that he was no longer capable of performing even the outward gestures of government. His doctors advised him that he must return to England, and after the ordeal of Limoges, he was disposed to agree with them. The prince's inclination to give up the government of his principality may well have been reinforced by pressure from his father and his father's ministers in England. They were beginning to understand something of the political misjudgments which had brought the affairs of Aquitaine to their present pass. At this time, the notorious fouage, which was hardly being collected anymore, was formally annulled, apparently at Edward III's insistence, and an amnesty declared for the many people in Aquitaine whom the prince had alienated since his return from Castile. Without further warning or discussion with his courtiers, the captains of the prince announced at Cognac that Jean of Gaunt would take over the government of the principality as his lieutenant. Gaunt was reluctant to accept the appointment for more than an interim period. He would call for heavy expenditures and keep him away from England. So he insisted on a document which would entitle him to be released from his responsibilities and to leave if the wages of his retinue fell more than a month in arrears and, at any, and in any event by June the 24th, 1371. These decisions were formally ratified at the end of November 1370 at an assembly in Bordeaux attended by the baronage of the surviving provinces of Aquitaine. The prince embarked in the Garonne at about Christmas time and accompanied by his wife and the Earl of Pembroke, who had resolved to return to England with him. They arrived at Plymouth soon after the New Year. The long sea journey was a fresh blow to the prince's weakened frame. It was some three months before he could be moved from his bed in the priory of Plimpton, overlooking the sound. On April 19, 1370, he entered London in obvious discomfort to meet at Southwark Bridge by the mayor and a crowd of citizens and dignitaries and escorted to the Savoy Palace. It was a stark contrast to the last occasion when the Prince of Wales had entered the city and state in 1357 after the Battle of Poitiers. After the ceremonies, the prince retired to his manor at Berkhamsted. He remained nominally the Prince of Aquitaine for the next 18 months, even after that, he presided occasionally at meetings of the council and made rare appearances on state occasions, but for all practical purposes, the end of his public career had taken place. He was 42 years of age. John of Gaunt's immediate priority when he took over the government of the prince's domains was to recover some of the ground lost to the French in the eastern highlands of the principality. The recapture of Limoges followed by the abrupt withdrawal of the prince and his army, had left the English in possession of the provincial capital, while most of the rest of the province was controlled by local noblemen committed to the king of France. Sir Robert Aberbury, a retainer of the prince, had come out in Aquitaine with the Earl of Cambridge, was appointed Seneschal of Limousine, and put in charge of the rudimentary administration. He was probably based at the city of Limoges, the reconquest of the rest of the province was less the Eustace the Obercor. He was appointed as lieutenant in Limousine and the adjunct parts of Perigord, with Walter Ewitt as his assistant and several hundred English men-at-arms under his command. 
Unfortunately, it was not enough to persuade the inhabitants of Limoges that the English government was serious about defending the province, and without their task, proved hopeless. Shortly after the departure of the prince, Obercourt and Hewitt led a siege of the castle of Rochecourt. This was the seat of the largest French garrison in the province. The captain of Rochefort was a Breton companion of Bertrand de Guisclin, called Thibault de Pont. He was away in the north with the constable. His deputy, an illegitimate half-brother of the Vicomte of Rochecourt, agreed to surrender the place if it was not relieved within a limited period. Charles V sent Thibault urgently back to Limousine with a relief force, which succeeded in entering the castle and raising the siege. The bastard of Rochecourt, who was thought to have made terms a bit too readily with the besiegers, was charged with treason. Not long after this reverse, Obercourt's career in Limousine came to an abrupt close. He was tricked into entering the French castle of Pierre Bouffier in south of Limoges and was ambushed by its garrison. He was ransomed for an enormous sum and made to withdraw from Aquitaine. Hewitt left Limousine soon after this, by the spring of 1371, the formal structure of the English government in the limousine had collapsed. Citizens of Limoges sent one of their numbers to England to protest to Edward III about the way his representatives had abandoned them. They could not be expected to remain in his obedience, they said, unless they received some protection. Edward wrote to Atterbury about it, and very shortly Atterbury himself left. As in Quercy and the Rougerie, once it became clear that the limousine could not be held, the English abandoned it to guerrillas. Obercourt was replaced by, as a lieutenant by Sir John Devereux, the English captain of the Routier garrison at La Soutraine, and Saint-Savard on the northern march of the province. Devereux terrorized the northern parts of the limousine. He forged alliances with Gascon companies who did the same in the south. Early in 1371, Bodicat d'Albert and Bernard de La Salle began to penetrate in the limousine from Quercy and Zental. Usul, a small walled town on the old Roman road from Clermont to Bordeaux, was sieged and garrisoned at the beginning of the year by Pierre de Gerlard, a Gascon confederate of Bodicat. Many of the small towns in the southern march which had submitted to Charles V's officers were occupied and garrisoned by small groups of soldiers drawn from the military underworld of displaced Gascon and French ruffians that men must have remembered from about a decade before. By the summer of 1371, the Anglo-Gascon companies were holding a ring of forts around Limoges itself, even though the place was still nominally in the possession of the Prince of Wales. But, of course, it's not under the control of the English at this particular point. They've given up on that. So hopefully they'll have a little better luck in Perigord, which seems to be a province that's a little easier than Limousine for the English to operate in. Now the sources for this, the Chronicles by Foissart, the Hundred Years' War by Perrois, the Hundred Years' War by Nylans, the Hundred Years' War Volume 3, A House Divided by Sumption. So I hope you enjoyed that. And as always, don't forget to come by the website, summahistorica.com or historyaccordingtobob.com and ask a question, leave a comment, check out our merchandise. And if you like what we're doing, please feel free to support us. Thank you very much.